You're welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, as you already where is a teaching and a miracle meeting and um, the teaching forms the core part of all that the Spirit of God will be doing in our midst today tomorrow and the day after and they are all evening meetings um, we are not having any of them in the morning so we will be here again tomorrow evening we will be here again on Sunday evening. Glory to God. The Bible told us about Jesus and it said in Luke 5.17 that while he was teaching on a certain day it talked about a group of people gathered Pharisees, doctors of the law he said the power of the Lord was present to heal and what was Jesus doing? He was what? Teaching. Glory to God. And today as we teach God's word, the power of the Lord will be present to heal, to bless. In Jesus' mighty name. Um, maybe I try and lay a bit of a foundation today. Because um, sometimes charismatics might not really understand the depths that you can strike in a teaching meeting and how that that knowledge base enables you to draw more from the worlds of salvation. Hallelujah. Alright? That you can't draw from the worlds of salvation more than what you know. So knowledge forms um, a strong basis for us to receive. Are we together? The deepest prayer, if I ask you what the deepest prayer in the Bible is, you know, um, I won't be surprised that the various answers and the different answers I might get. But the deepest prayers in the scriptures are the prayers in the book of Ephesians. Hallelujah. Are we together? There is no prayer deeper than those prayers. When Paul says, Look, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Ephesians 1 now, 17 now. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him. Then he says, That the eyes of your understanding, there is no prayer deeper than that. Hallelujah. That the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Another translation says that the eyes of your heart are flooded with light. Lift your hand this evening and pray that prayer for yourself this evening. And say that let the eyes of my heart, hallelujah, be flooded with light. Let the eyes of the inner man be flooded with light. 
very important. That's what makes a difference. Praise the Lord. Amen. Alright, um, I said I'm just going to lay a foundation this evening. Um, and this foundation is very important for every other thing I'll be saying tomorrow. And every other manifestation of the Spirit that will occur in the days, in the days coming. Um, let me start by saying this. The way the outward man is, is also how the inward man is. Paul talks about the inward man and the outward man. In essence, he's talking about the fact that the real spirit of man, he calls that the, the inward man. Some, trans, some other scriptures call him the inner man. Then Peter spoke about him and called him the hidden man of the heart. Hallelujah. He was talking about the spirit of man. Now, that man has faculties. Just like the physical outward man has faculties. Your physical man has ears and eyes. And your inner man, the real you, also has faculties of sight and hearing. When we hear God, we don't hear God with these ears. Amen. When we see things in the spirit, when we say, oh, I see. We're not talking about seeing with the physical eyes. Are you understanding me? So when the Bible talks about the eyes of your understanding, it's not talking about your mind. No, no, that's not what it's talking about. Alright? Forgive the, the translations. He's talking about the inner man. Hallelujah. Now, listen to me. He's not saying that inner man is blind. That's not what he's saying. In John chapter 3, verse 3, let's go there. In John 3, 3, we're given an information about Jesus and Nicodemus. And Jesus was responding to Nicodemus. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, by that statement, he was implying that the kingdom can be seen. Glory to God. But he's not talking about the fact that you will see the kingdom with your physical eyes. Are we together? He said he cannot see the kingdom except a man be born again. That means the capacity to see the kingdom comes when a man gets what? Born again. In the Hebrew um, context of expression, kingdom of God is synonymous to the supernatural. Are you understanding me? So when the scripture could be read this way, I say, except a man be born again, he cannot see the supernatural. Are you understanding me? Alright, so what the scripture is telling us here is that we have capacity to see the supernatural. Are we together? Are we together? Alright, so understand that. Now when you got born again, just like a child is born into this world physically. He's born with eyes, ears, and all the faculties. When you got born again, you are also born with those faculties. You can see. Glory to God. Are we together? You can see. You can hear. But you need to be trained. Glory to God. You need to start learning how to use your sight and how to use your hearing. A child can hear, but he cannot distinguish between the sounds. Are you understanding me? Am I communicating? From the moment a baby is born, normally, the baby can hear. So if you snap your finger, it could jolt the child. If you bang the dog, it could just shake the child. That means he's hearing. Am I communicating? But he doesn't know the difference between 
um, a dog banging. Oh, that's the dog. And um, a dog barking. He doesn't know the difference. Are we together? It's by reason of use and growth that he begins to know the difference. Am I communicating? Alright, so in the same way, all of us were born with faculties. But that discernment of the ability to distinguish comes as we grow in knowledge. Am I communicating? Now that's not where I was going to. What I wanted to point out to you is this, that when you got born again, you were born with eyes. Amen. You were born with ears. Amen. Am I communicating? But now what, what Ephesians 1, um, 17, um, 18 actually, was talking about is saying that, it's not talking about the fact that you have an eye defect in the spirit. No. No, there are no, there are no um, children in the spirit that are born with disabilities. No. Who were all born right. Glory to God. Who were born complete in Christ. Amen. Are you listening to me? There are no birth defects in the spirit realm. Are you listening to me? Did you hear me? There are no birth defects. You were not born wrong. Amen. You were not born without something. The day you got born again, you were born in Christ complete. Am I communicating? Now, never forget that. But so what the scripture is talking about here is not talking about your eye having a, a problem. It's talking about your eye being able to see with the help of light. Amen. Am I communicating? So when you are praying, you are saying, Lord, let the light of your word shine so that my eyes can see what Christ has made available to me. Are you listening to me? If that light from God's word does not shine, I cannot see. Glory to God. Even if I have eyes. So in this meeting, God is shining lights. So that you can see. Are you with me? Because you cannot take more than what you have seen. Am I communicating? Alright? So we go back to an Old Testament scripture in the Psalms. Psalm 119 verse 130. It says, the entrance, the entrance of thy word gives lights. What is he talking about? He's talking about the agency. What the Word of God does. The Word of God is the supplier of light to the eye of the inner man. Amen. Without the Word of God, the inner man will not have sufficient light to function. Even if the eyes have no defects. Are you listening to me? If we are in here now and I shut down the lights. Alright? You can't see. It doesn't mean you're blind. Amen. It's just that there is no light. Am I communicating? If the lights come on, you now see. So, in the realm of the spirits, concerning your healing, light has to come on. Are you listening to me? Concerning prosperity, light has to come on. Concerning what will be happening in 2018, light has to come on. If light doesn't come on, what will happen is that you will stumble and walk in darkness. Are you listening to me? And a lot of believers are stumbling. Anytime there's a stumbling in the life of the believer, it's the absence of lights. So we pray that prayer all the time. That the eyes of understanding be what? Be enlightened. Oh, I, I remember the story of Kenneth E. Hagin, a great minister of the gospel. He said he had prayed that prayer hundreds of times. He used to come to church um, um, altar, just kneel down there and pray that scripture over and over again. He said, after some time, what he observed was that when he opens his Bible to read it, he will ask himself, what have I been preaching since? 
I didn't even know the Bible before. He's now beginning to know the Bible. What's happening to him? The eyes of his understanding were being enlightened. There's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Today, you will function with heart knowledge. Are you with me? There's a difference between mental ascent and revelation. They are two different things. Amen. So, a lot of believers... Ah, do you know by the snapshot of Jesus you are here? I know. Do you know that, ah, um, he, um, though he was rich for a sake, he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. They will even complete it for you. Yes. They mentally agree. They have head knowledge of that scripture, but they don't have revelation. Are you listening to me? And revelation is not self, self-initiated. No, 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 no. Revelation has to be supplied to your spirit by the spirit of God. Are you understanding me? You can put yourself in an environment where revelation will come. But you don't figure out revelation. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Revelation is given. Glory to God. Am I communicating? And today, revelation will be given to you. You can be in church for donkey years and not have revelation. And that's why Salvation will be a religion to you. Salvation is a religion to the one that does not have revelation. Amen. Am I communicating? Salvation is a religion to the one that does not have what? Revelation. But once revelation comes, salvation changes. The definition of salvation changes for you. Salvation becomes a union with Christ. Salvation becomes an immersion into Christ. Salvation becomes a participation in divinity. Salvation becomes a partnership with God. It's revelation that changes the definition of salvation. I'll take that again. I said once revelation comes, salvation becomes a union with Christ. If any man be in Christ, an immersion also in Christ. You become one with Him. And you become immersed in Him. Revelation also makes salvation a participation with divinity. And deity. And salvation becomes a partnership with God. It's revelation that makes the difference. Are you listening to me? Revelation makes a difference. So when we pray that prayer, open our eyes. It's a deep prayer. The deepest prayer is not the prayer against the devil. No, 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 no. That's not the deepest prayer. As some people think that's the deepest prayer. No, that's the least prayer. Are you understanding me? The deepest prayer <laughs> is the prayer to see what Christ has done for you. Now, you know, um, um, while I was just reminiscing over previous meetings and musing over what I was going to say and all that, I, just, I said to myself that, look, um, the important thing in this particular edition is for a full grasp of the foundational things that people are supposed to understand. Having a full grasp of it. That's what really matters. 
Are we together? I'm trying to get to my scripture. My scripture is Hebrews. Amen. <laughs> if I don't get to it today, I'll get to it tomorrow. Glory to God. But I'm helping you. Amen. So that everyone here will live knowing in their spirits. Glory to God. Not just having head knowledge. Are we together? Alright? Now, it's still, the Spirit of God is still impressed on my heart to say something else. Now, listen. How many of you have heard the word redemption? Say redemption. redemption. Say the second time. Redemption. Say the third time. Redemption. One of the most popular scriptures about redemption is Galatians 3. Verse 13. It says, Christ had redeemed us. It didn't say Christ will. Listen. It didn't say Christ will redeem us. It didn't say Christ is redeeming us. It said Christ had redeemed us. I'll take that line again. The scripture didn't say Christ will redeem us. That means it's future. Or shall redeem us. That would be future. It didn't say, then that would have made redemption a promise to come for us. It didn't also say that Christ is redeeming us. It said Christ had. I know that because you're reading King James Version, H-A-T-H is not everyday English. So let's put it in New King James Version, alright? So you see the hearts. Alright. So, alright? So, let's read it together. I want to go. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Amen. Christ has. Christ has. Everybody say, that means it is done. Say it again, that means it is done. But there are many that are not living like Christ has. There are many that are still living like Christ will. And some others are living like Christ is still doing it. That brings me to what we call the two sides of redemption. Hallelujah. Alright? You know, when you have a coin... Every coin has two sides. Am I complicating? It has two sides. And each side makes the coin legal tender. If you should wipe off one part of the coin, you've defaced the whole um, uh, money. Are you understanding me? It's just now like a piece of metal. So in the same way, if a Christian, a believer, does not understand both sides of redemption... It will be like there's no value in his life. Amen. The first is what we have come to know and accept as the legal side of our redemption. Everybody say the legal side of our redemption. Say it again, the legal side of our redemption. Now the other part is what we call the vital side of our redemption. Now you know what, as I'm saying it, you know what's paining my heart? Some of you have heard it before. And you are even saying it before I say it, but you don't even know what you are saying. Amen. 
You don't even know what it really means. So, I just want to lay that foundation. If you don't understand this thing, Christianity will always be a struggle for you. Am I communicating? So, what do we mean by the legal side of our redemption? Now, everything that happened from the day Jesus was born to the day he ascended and sat on the throne is the legal side of our redemption. Amen. The legal side of redemption talks about all that Christ did for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. Hallelujah. That's the legal side of redemption. Permit me to use another language. The legal side of redemption talks about the paperwork, the documentation parts of our salvation. Amen. Are you listening to me? The documentation side of our redemption. We're in the facility. We're using it now. Before we took over this place to start using it, we had to do paperwork. Lawyers had to sit on our side and on their side. Are you listening to me? We sat down, we, uh, uh, we negotiated, we disagreed on some things, we agreed on some things, we signed the dotted lines as they say it, and then we, the documents were exchanged. All that was done so that you can sit inside this hall. Sitting in this hall is the vital side. Are you listening to me? That thing we did, the paperwork we did, is the legal side. If we didn't do that paperwork, you can't sit in this place. Are you listening to me? The, 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 the basis, the authority by which you are sitting down here comfortably is because of the documentation that was done. Now, that's why when you look, the scripture is a spiritual document. Amen. The scriptures are spiritual documents. It tells you what was signed. Amen. And this, it was not signed just by, it was signed with blood. Are you understanding me? What was signed? So, someone wakes up in the morning and says, eh, something maybe, um, um, a car almost hits you. Then you jump and say, Ha! Thank God, it's not my time to die. Why is it not your time to die? Eh, because, ah, how old am I? I'm just 25. How will I die now? Have you not heard of 13 year olds dying? Have you heard of 26 year olds dying? What disqualifies a 25 year old from dying, too? That talk. Doesn't mean anything. It's just that death was on his way somewhere else that day. It doesn't mean anything. Are you understanding me? It doesn't mean anything. There is no documentation that backs that your statements. Are you listening to me? Some of you don't understand. Why would Jesus meet Satan and not just say, My friend, go and sit down? He had to quote documents. It is written. That is God in human flesh. He did not just hmm, snub the devil. He had to go back to documents. 
Everything Jesus did on earth was based on documentation. That's why the Bible says that, Lo, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. That means Jesus knew that he came to fulfill or carry out or execute what was agreed in the documents. Are you listening to me? The Bible calls, you see, we say new covenant. Covenant. Everybody say covenant. Say new testament. Testament is will. Will. It's a new will. There was a will written. Or are you, are you with me? In the first will, no Yoruba person was in that will. No Nigerian was in that will. No Igbo was in that will. No American was in that will. No Japanese. In the first will of God, only Jews were in the will. Then God had a plan to have a will that will include all of us. Amen. So he found fault with the first will. Amen. And he had to write a new will. Amen. The first will was signed with the blood of animals. This second will was signed in God's own blood. Amen. So the documents that supports your life was signed in blood. Glory to God. Are you understanding me? Now, for you to enjoy, you have to know what is written in the documents. So, all that is the legal side of our redemption. What's the vital side of redemption? The vital side of our redemption is what the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, is doing in our lives today. Are you listening to me? I'll take that again. The vital side of our redemption is what the Holy Spirit, through the Word you're hearing now, is doing in your life today. That means that there's a document that says, by stripes you are healed. But you can still be sick today if you don't understand the vital side of, of, of your redemption. The vital side of redemption is this. It's just like where we talk about grace and faith. Amen. I will say grace. Say faith. The connection is this. Grace supplies. Faith takes. Are you understanding me? What grace has done can only become real if faith takes. Are you understanding me? So, if you don't understand faith, you will live below what grace has made available. Are you understanding me to you? Are you listening to me? Romans 5.1 Therefore, being justified by faith, we have access by faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have access by faith. Uh, therefore, being justified by faith, we have access to God through Jesus Christ. All right? By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, verse 2, wherein we stand. Amen. How do we have access to this grace? By what? By what? That means that without faith, what's going to happen? No access to grace. You are blocked. Grace is available, but faith is what gives you access. Everybody say access. I've seen that. This message is, is the message. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? Now, let me say this to you. The Bible talks about it talks about the unsearchable riches of Christ. Amen. Ephesians 3.19. What it means is that what grace has made available, there is no one human being that can exhaust it. 
Are you listening to me? What grace has made available? <laughs> it is exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. Amen. Are you with me? Are you looking for unsearchable riches of Christ? Put verse 9. Go up. One more verse. It is it. Thank you. Um, unto me who am less than least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among Gentiles what? The unsearchable riches of Christ. Ephesians 3, 8. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. What grace has made available is more than what man can take. Are you listening to me? Now, what, is, what limits what we enjoy in grace? Faith. Amen. Are we together? Faith. The scripture that made me come here is actually the Hebrews 4, where the Bible says, the last verse 16, Let us therefore come what? Boldly. To where? To the throne of grace. Can we read this together? I want to go. I hope you are reading it correctly. Amen. Let us therefore... Now, you know, you can read the scripture and not take the main points that the scripture is trying to drive at. The scripture is not... The throne of grace is not the main point. Did you hear me? No, it's not the main point. Coming is not the main point. I'll take that again. The throne of grace is not the main thing he's talking about. No. Coming to the throne of grace, not what he's talking about. It's how you are coming that he's talking about. Are you listening to me? Listen, you didn't get to some of here. Please help me slap your neighbor and say, Wake up. Amen. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Amen. Wake up. Amen. The next one will be a head boot. Let's start with a slap. Amen. Let's read together again. One to go. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The thing is, talk, the focus there is not what is available in, at the throne of grace or the throne of grace or coming. The most important thing there is how you come. Amen. The attitude you come with to the throne of grace. The attitude you come with. He's saying that when you are coming to the throne of grace, you should come boldly. Why are you coming boldly? Let's read from verse 14 down. Amen. Maybe um, 14. Let's start from 14. Let me, start, let me just read 13 and we'll get there. Amen. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in the sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with him with whom we have to do. Verse 14. And I say, seeing then, everybody say seeing. That what? 
we have a great high priest. Who is that great high priest? That is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our words. Profession. The profession is what we keep saying. Why you use the word profession is that your confession is now your way of life. Amen. Let us hold fast to what we have been saying. Verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all point tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly. Why is saying that is that someone has entered for us? Amen. And settled matters for us. Amen. So when you are coming now, don't come say, what if I enter and they throw me out? No, you cannot be thrown out. Amen. No, no, no. He cannot throw you out. So you are entering like someone that cannot be thrown out. One, you are also entering like someone that cannot be denied what he wants. Are you understanding me? So the attitude of coming boldly is the most important thing in that scripture. So it means that when you are he's telling you about how to pray. You don't say, Father, I'm just a little warm crawling into your presence. Please don't step on me, Lord. <laughs> you are not holding fast the profession. You are not holding fast the confession. The, the confession, the profession you are holding fast to is what the high priest has done for you. Amen. Are you listening to me? See, then he said, let us hold fast our profession. The profession I hold fast to is what the high priest has done for you. The story of the high priest had come up earlier. If you read chapter 3 of Hebrews. Where he was explaining to us that, look, Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our profession, or our confession, as the scriptures say. Our confession. That means that the same way the priests in the Old Testament. Are you with me? When they bring a sacrifice to the temple to offer it, the priest has to inspect the sacrifice. Are you understanding me? That it fits what the scripture says. It cannot be blind. Are you understanding me? They check the two eyes. It's not blind. They check the legs. They even check the testicles to be sure they are complete. Are you understanding me? Before they accept the sacrifice. That's how a lamb is accepted. It has to be a male lamb. Are you understanding me? Now, it depends on the sin. The high priest's job is to inspect it. Then he will accept it. The word of God is saying that when you make confessions, Jesus is the one that inspects your confessions. Amen. If it's in line with what he has done for you. Are you listening to me? So, you are coming boldly. Let it change how you come. Amen. Are you listening to me? And when you want to pray, there's boldness. Hallelujah. Are you with me? There's boldness. You know who you are coming to. And you know what he can do. Amen. And you are sure it will be done. How did we even get here? Amen. The legal and vital side of our redemption. Amen. 
So it's important to know what Christ has done for you. It's important by the Holy Spirit to know how to appropriate what Christ has done for you. Now, let me tell you what will happen to most of you in heaven. You will get there and you will bite your finger. Ah! You mean I would have owned the whole of Adia State? You say yes. And I did not take it. You mean that as I was just sitting there waiting that if God wants me to go to school, uh, admission money will come. If he doesn't want me to go, admission money will not come. That actually God wanted me to even own a school. You know why? Because even when you were taught about what Christ had done, nobody taught you how to take it. Amen. And that what Christ has done is not limited. Amen. <laughs> Let me give you a picture. God was with Abraham. Alright? You find Abraham's story from Genesis, the 12th chapter. This happened, would have happened about the 13th chapter. And as we were together, God said, Lift up your eyes now, northward. Are you understanding me? Southward. Then He said, As far as your eyes can see. That means that. God is saying, there is no limit to what you want. Amen. The Bible says, we also should take after the steps of our father, Abraham. Are you understanding me? To understand that, hey, 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 it's the same thing that we've been called into. That it is as far as our eyes can see. Whatever you don't appropriate will remain where it was done. Amen. Are you listening to me? Oh, I remember the story of a great man of God, Robert Lydon. Um, the, the, the man of God that wrote the book, God's General. Some of you read the book, God's Generals. And he wrote several other books. One of his books titled, I Saw Heaven, is an old book, very old book. And he was sharing about his encounter to heaven, um, um, to heaven and, and the experiences he had. And how he went to um, a particular place in heaven and he saw books, books, several, like a library. And he was like, what are all these books? And Jesus said to him, these are the books that, and the revelations that people on earth have not taken. Amen. Are you listening to me? He said they've not taken them. So they're still here. Hmm. I don't have enough mouth to say what the Holy Ghost wants to share so to us today. But one thing I know is that when you live here, there will be a yearning for everything that the Spirit of God has done in your life. Everything the sacrifice has made available, there will be a yearning, amen, to have it, to see it manifest. Glory to God. And that's why you are in this meeting. Are we together? That's why you are in this meeting. Now, there are so many things that you will hear 
I might speak one word, you will hear five things. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost will keep expanding on His Word. Glory to God. In your spirits. It will keep exploding. Glory to God. And for some of you, the Word will explode and a business will come out of it. It will explode and an agency will come out of it. It will explode and your next level will come out of it. Promotion, career, are you understanding me? Will come out of it through that same... It's just one word, but it's exploding several times. Amen. Within your spirits. Lift your hands and say, I'm not living here the same way I came. Say again, I'm not living here the same way I came. Alright, let me just do what I, I, I see myself do. Alright, so I want to read the prophecy um, of, uh, of the year to you. Amen. Actually, this was how I thought I started. Amen. I thought this was what I started with. So, I don't know. Let's just do it. Glory to God. God gave us a word this year. Alright? And um, it's important for us to anchor a lot of things on the word that came. So, I'll just read it to you. The standout moments are here. The emergence of a great nation. There shall be experiences and expressions, revelations and manifestations of the greatness of Christ. The Spirit of Christ shall fall upon and overshadow many and be unleashed like never before. You will know and show. Now take that again. You will know and show. What it means is that you will not only know things. The things you know will show. Are you understanding me? You will know and show. Glory to God. There shall be demonstrations of the spirits and power in boardrooms and classrooms. I hear inheritance and institutions. Many will walk into inheritances and much more will birth institutions. The lending to nations moments are here. You shine as lights in your regions. As lampstands to cities and nations. As you walk through the year, fear and dread shall fall upon your adversaries. They shall be still as stone till you pass over. I said your adversaries shall be still as stone until you pass over. The voice of Christ will be loud and clear as you speak. And there shall be visions of Christ. Multitudes will embrace Christ and the churches will multiply. The greatness of Christ shall be manifested through you. Welcome to the year of greatness. Amen. Glory to God. Then after that I read Hebrews 1. So Hebrews chapter 1. Amen. Verse 1 to 3. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1. It says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets had in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. Amen. 
Well, I intended to talk about Christ, the heir of all things. Amen. Alright, so but let me just get you to where, 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 we, where we will just wrap up for this evening. There is more to salvation than what you are experiencing today. I said there is more to salvation than what you are experiencing now. I'll say that with all time. There is more to salvation than what you are experiencing now. And how many of you want that more? Amen. Good. Now, this meeting is to bring you into all that salvation has made available to you. We are not saved from sin and to go through the world and life and barely make it to heaven. That's not God's plan. It was never God's plan. We keep seeing God's plan in types and shadows throughout the Bible. To the extent that you cannot fault God's goodness. Amen. Because he has shown his goodness over and over again. Even in a covenant that was not as good as the covenant that you are in right now. Are we together? So, what are we talking about? The scripture I just read to you, the scripture says that Christ has been made the heir of all things. Actually, another translation says he makes him what? The owner. Everybody say owner. Of everything. Glory to God. Verse 2. He has made him the heir. He has been appointed. Glory to God. But verse 2 will not make so much sense if you don't understand verse 1. Amen. And I will stay here throughout the program. Amen. Let's go to verse 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we give you praise. Lift your hands toward heaven everywhere. And thank Him for today. And give Him praise. Give Him glory for His kindness, His mercy, His faithfulness. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Listen to me. Jesus Christ is not a human idea. Amen. Did you hear me? So if you're here this evening, you might be used to going to church. But I want you to know that the most important thing here is knowing Jesus. Glory to God. Are we together? That's the most important thing. And then for you as a believer that's already saved, it is the extent to which the Bible talks about the revelation in the knowledge of Him. Amen. Is that revelation in the knowledge of Him that makes what you entered into 
real to you. Glory to God. We sang a song when we started. He's risen from the dead. He's Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The whole of the Bible is telling the story of one person. Amen. His name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Never forget that. Never forget that. And all that is happening to us on earth is living out the life that Christ has given to us. That's what's going on. Are you with me? And it's not a small life. Am I communicating? No, it's not. So follow me on this journey and see Jesus for yourself. Amen. Are we together? And see Jesus for yourself. You know, you can be in a meeting and you say, Oh, oh, I, I, I have problems. I have problems. I have problems. I came because I have problems. You can receive advice and it will reduce your problems. But there is a person that comes into your life. Amen. He doesn't just come to solve your problems. He comes to make you a problem solver. Are you, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. There are some of you here that are looking for a gift from God. But God is giving you the giver himself. Amen. Not a gift. So I just want a little blessing. Amen. He wants you to become a blessing. Am I communicating? There are scriptures you hear all the time. But I don't know if you've ever sat down to actually ask... What does this scripture actually mean? What does this scripture mean? What does this scripture mean? You know, is it just talking? You know, somebody can just confessing scriptures. Oh, um, uh, Gentiles are coming to my light. I don't know what you mean. Amen. But God knows what He means, and it is until you understand what God means, that scripture will not express itself in your life. That's why we're teaching. Glory to God. I said that's why we're teaching. It's time for God's children to take their place. All the teachings that have been going on the last few years and will go on for a long time to come are teachings of preparing God's people to enter their inheritance. Because the hour for the church to function from inheritance has come. You know, the children of Israel left Egypt and then they were in the wilderness. There are some believers that will always, they've remained in the wilderness. Amen. They've never gotten to Canaan. 
Are you understanding me? You know Canaan is the promised land. The promised land for us is the inheritance. Amen. It's not heaven. The inheritance. Glory to God. The inheritance. So, there are a lot of believers that are still in the wilderness. Are you understanding me? Mana, mana, mana will fall. Lord, 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 my house rent, house rent will come. You will pay for this year. Next year you will be stranded again. That's not the life God planned for you. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. They, they, uh, somebody, something wants to happen. Oh, they want to arrest me. God, show up. Oh, you are a miracle walking God. You cannot fail me at this moment. Oh, that's a wilderness life. In the wilderness, manna falls. In Canaan, properties are shared. No more begging. Are you understanding me? No more begging. People are now, you understand that, sitting over allotments that have been given to them and managing wealth. See, listen to me. In, before that time, all they are thinking about is to make wealth. No, in the inheritance, we are managing our wealth. Amen. We're not talking about trying to make it, trying to break it, trying to enter. Trying to, no, no, no. We are managing wealth. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 23, it said, And he has brought us out that he might bring us in. He brought us out from thence that he might bring us in. Listen to me. Oh, oh ah, you see, for many years the church have been taught what they were brought out of. They have been brought out of the bondage of sin. Amen. You've been brought out of the bondage of darkness. God has delivered you from the power of darkness. We've been told what we're delivered from, what we're delivered from, what we come out from, what we've been disconnected from. It's time for the church to be told what they've been brought into. Paul said, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Amen. That means the end of the game is the inheritance. Are you listening to me? It's the inheritance. Everybody say the inheritance. That means that when you got born again, alright? Listen. You think I just... Listen. Let me explain it this way. The Bible talks about our calling. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you with me? Hmm. It talks about our calling. Our calling. And the, the Bible says the gifts and calling, they are without repentance. He's not going to change his mind about calling you. Hey, that call is one call. He has called you. You answered in salvation. Amen. When you got born again, you're getting born again is you responding to God's call. Are you understanding me? Before, you, you were, before he called you, he predestined you. Amen. And then after he, when you respond to the call, he justified you. And then when you respond to the justification, he glorified you. Are you understanding me? Now the point here is that you've responded to the call. Now it's to know, what, were my, what was I called for? Amen. You were called. He's the one that maintains your lots. Amen. He was the one that maintains your lots. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? Alright, the scripture says that. Alright? So, he, he maintains your lots. So he has called you. Now, the Bible says that, it says that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That means you know what he called you for. Then you will know 
the, the, the greatness of his power. Then you will know the glory, of, the glory of the riches of his inheritance. That means as you come to him and he has called you, you need to know what he called you for. Oh, this is your inheritance. Amen. It is that understanding of inheritance that changes your language. You say, yay, yay, the lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. That statement is coming out of someone that has seen his inheritance. Are you understanding me? That means that any time a man sees his inheritance, a confession, a bold and a rejoicing confession will come out of his mouth. Inheritance means that I am managing the estate that was cut out for me. I've gone, I'm not in survival, survival mode. I'm not in survival. No. No, no, no. No. I'm not surviving. I'm thriving. Amen. Are you understanding me? I, I'm, not, I'm not there. See, I say, hmm, hmm. All these rich people in this world, hmm. hey, Nigeria, they will finish our money hmm, in this country. Let them be chopping. Are you still talking like that? I'm asking you, are you still talking like that? Say, I'm not there. Say it again, I'm not there. Say, I'm not there. Inheritance discussions are different. Amen. Are we together? Inheritance discussions are different. They are very different. If you are just looking for food to eat and clothes to wear, it's even from when they are talking inheritance. Amen. Help me ask your neighbor, what are you looking for? If there's one thing I want you to go home with today is this. God will be as big as you decide. I'll say it a second time. God will be as big as you decide. If you don't stand up eh, and walk to a 10-acre property and ask, how much is this? The angels will not respond and start moving on your behalf. If you don't stand up and go and ask that equipment, how much is this equipment? Um, I, 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 I believe I receive in Jesus' name. Nothing is going to change. Amen. You will just grow old. Are you listening to me? I said you just what? Grow old. You just grow old. This year, don't just sit in your house and say, In the name of Jesus, oh, I'm the king's kid. <laughs> 
Don't just sit down your ass and say that. <laughs> Amen. No, don't sit in your ass and say that. Go to where the king's kids are supposed to be going to. Do the things the king's kids are supposed to be doing. Are you understanding me? Then your talk, you will soon walk your talk. Are you understanding me? I am blessed. Legal side of redemption. Let me stress that again so you understand. God owns everything. You agree? Is it easy for you to accept that God owns everything? Who is he holding it for? Christ is the heir of all things. You know what that means? That when God told Abraham that through you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, he was talking about Christ. Amen? Do you agree with me? That means that God wills, wills the whole world to Christ. That means that the title deed for this world is written in Christ. You didn't hear me well done. It's in Christ. Okay, some of you don't understand title deed. The sea of O. What's there's another... Um, um, no, no, there's another thing. There's another one they do before the sea of O. Lawyers will know it. Deed of... <laughs> is in the name of Christ. Hallelujah. That means that... Who told you... Rumeme owns this place? Who told you? Who told you that that your father's land is your father that owns it? If your father, didn't they give birth to your father? He came and met someone that owned the land and someone that owned the land before your father came and someone owned the land. It's not. Who was here first? Hello? God wields the whole world. The whole world, all things, all things. All things that God owns, He willed it to Jesus. Are we together? Now, the Bible now says to you, okay, put up Romans 8 17. Let's start from 16, alright? Let's start from 16, Romans 8 16. Maybe I should just stop here because um, the way you are looking at me is as if, you know, I'm, I'm teaching you, you know, anatomy and you are just supposed to be learning a, a integrated science. Are you understanding me? You know. Praise God. Especially you, you know. <laughs> are you with me? The spirits. Ever say the spirits. Give me New King James, please. NKJV. Alright, let's read together. I want to go. 
The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. Vital side of redemption. Amen. Vital. That's what the Holy Ghost is doing now. Now. Amen. Now. Right now. As I'm speaking, that's what He's doing. It's not what Christ did. No. No, no, no. Based on what Christ did, there's something the Holy Ghost is doing today. Right at this hour. The scripture is showing you. The Spirit Himself bears witness with whose spirit? My spirit. That what? That we are children of God. He's telling you, you are a child of God. I said the Holy Ghost is telling you, you are a child of God. No, no, I said the Holy Ghost is telling you, you are a child of God. No, no, no. I said the Holy Ghost is telling you, you are a child of God. No, no, no. You, you don't understand. You don't understand. They say, oh, maybe you are just walking around the street, just walking around, just walking around, looking for a job. You went to Chicken Republic to look for a job. You went to uh, Mr. Biggs to look for a job. You went to the other shop to look for a job. That's when I stop. Hey, are you not uh, John? Say, uh, John, are you not so, so, and so? Then God is your father now. And he has been looking for you. Eh, he has been looking for you. I've been looking for you. Eh. He said, no, I thought, I thought, eh, 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 Sunday Igwe was my father. <laughs> he said, no, not Sunday. Sunday Igwe was just the one taking care of you. He said, your real father. Go and ask Sunday Igwe. Then they come and say, so say yeah, yeah, actually, you know, uh, he's your father. He's your father. I know what some of you will do. <laughs> then they say, please, can you follow us to Abuja so you go to the house? You have not reached there. <laughs> There's a joke, some of them. The guy just entered a restaurant, just collected something and said, it will not pay. They said, oh, are you mad? Are you mad? I said, my father will pay. <laughs> Some kind of temporary insanity came upon him. Are you understanding me? And I have been suffering like this. Are you with me? So, just imagine that you just wake up this, this tomorrow morning and they tell you, Ah, you don't know. You don't know. Ah, then God is looking for his lost child now. You are the one. Then you, you ask, ah, ah. They say, you are the one. You are the one. They now start showing you pictures. Are you understanding? When you were born, this, that, that, then your father carried you to Enugu. <laughs> and your, your uncle carried you to Enugu. Are you understanding? You now grew up there. But this is it. This is it. This is it. You've not met Dangote. Eh? But they now say, let's be going. The way you will sit in the car on your way will be different from how you sat yesterday in the car. Are you listening to me? If someone calls you on phone and says, ah, um, I, I just heard the thing on the news today. What, what is the thing they are saying? The, the, the sound of your voice will be different. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. Let me, I have some things to sort out. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? A realization has hit you. Now, the way that somebody walked up to you and told you you are the son of Dan Dugate is now the Holy Spirit today is trying to get you to agree that you are a child of God. He said, do you know what child of God means? He said, hey, you are a child of God. Hey, hey, hey. He said, maybe you don't understand. Okay, let me show you verse 17. He now says, 17. 
the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I, I, want, you to, I want you to see it. You see, anytime you want to enter your inheritance, there will be opposition. <laughs> In inheritance territory, things don't fall on the ground. Are you understanding me? There will be opposition. But you are more than a conqueror. Are we together? And there's, a, there's an inheritance mindset. The inheritance mindset is not, God, come and give me. Come and give me money. Come and give me education. Come and give me scholarship. That's not inheritance mindset. Inheritance mindset is to stand up and go and take it. Amen. Inheritance is I take it. Are you understanding me? Inheritance is what? I take it. Most of the time in the New Testament where you see the Greek word lambano is talking about inheritance. Are you understanding me? He's telling you to stand up and make ownership. Take ownership of what is yours. You know, there's a, an, an English word, um, phrase that sometimes it sounds like it's a repetition of words where they say, possess your possession. That's inheritance language. Amen. They say what? Possess what? Your possession. Glory to God. It means it's your possession, but you have not possessed it. You've not taken advantage of it. You've not put it to use. Lift your hands and say, I take. Say it again, I take. That which belongs to me, I take. I am not sitting down, waiting for things to happen. I arise today. And I arise in 2018. I step out. And I make things happen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. If you believe that, say loud, Amen. That's inheritance. Glory to God. That's inheritance. Caleb was already 80 years old. He came and said, uh, he said uh, Give me this mountain. I am well able. Amen. That's inheritance. Are you understanding me? He's not seeing any limitation. He's not seeing anything hindering him. He knows. Glory to God. So, I'm a child of God. Glory to God. And it's the present day ministry of the Spirit to you. Bringing you to that place of assurance. The Spirit is bearing witness. Bearing witness means that He's bringing an assurance strong in your heart. Because the, how strong that assurance is, is what will determine how you will take. Are you listening to me? You cannot act beyond the strength of the assurance you have in your heart. Let me give an illustration. Let me paint a picture. Watch. Let's assume, come, this guy has been in the house. He was born in the house. He was raised in the house. He's a son in the house. Alright? Now, that table there, there are some goodies on it. Go and just be eating. Go and be eating. Go there, just be eating. Just be eating. He was done. Then, I now bring in another son into the house. Alright? Alright? Let's bring in someone else now. Bro, come. Now, today, I just assured him. I said, um, actually, you, do, you know, you're my son. You're my son. Um, it's just that um, something happened. You know? And um, I, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, now that we've seen it again, let's start from here. Alright? You're also my son. Your blood, my blood is running through your vein. Alright? So, uh, go and join him and eat. Everything in this house is your own. Now, as he's going to eat... Watch. 
This one will look at him. Look at him. No. He's the one to look at you. Look at him. The way this guy is looking at him is making this one unsure. Are you understanding me? Because uh, then he'll stand and he just came. Are you understanding me? He just came. Um, uh, so he's trying to collect something from the table. And the other one like, ah. Are you understanding me? Everything in this house belongs to him. But because he's not yet as confident as this one. Let us therefore come boldly, see what I'm talking about. Because he's not as confident as this one, he's not taking as much as he's taking. But everything belongs to him. Are you understanding me? Now, when he will start enjoying as much as this one, is when he's as assured as this one that he's a child in this house. Go back to verse 16. The Spirit, thank you, Himself, Bears witness with our spirits. The first spirit there is the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? The second spirit is what? Your own human spirit. Okay? That what? We are children of God. Then verse 17. He now says, And if you are children, then what? Heirs. Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. What he's trying to say is that that thing that Christ owns, <laughs> you also own. Amen. Amen. <sighs> when Jesus, before Jesus Christ died, the word of God said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only his only begotten son. At that time, only Jesus was the begotten. Amen. Of God. Jesus dies and resurrects. We get born again. The name of the title of Jesus changes. The first begotten. Amen. Are you listening to me? He's no more the only begotten. He becomes what? The first begotten. Because there are other begottings like you and you and you and you and you and you and you. He becomes the first begotten. What he's saying to you, <laughs> he said, as many, Roman, John 1 12, as many as received him, to them, King James puts old language, say, gave he power. Amen. And that translation says, gives the rights to become sons of God. Hallelujah. Are we together? Have you received him? Have you received him? You have the right of sonship. I say you have the right of sonship. Everything God owns, you own. But let me tell you, and I'll end here. Let me tell you why it's not looking like you own everything God owns. Because you are not talking like God talks. Amen. There is still a beggarly tone in your voice. Are you listening to me? There is still a beggarly tone in your voice.
you will tell the year 2018 and you you will name it and declare something the way God will speak to the year. Are we together? No beggarly tone in your voice. Are you listening to me? I'm blessed. Say it again, I'm blessed. <laughs> okay, some of you are going to say, I'm not, I'm not saying it so that I'll be blessed. Are you with me? Some of you confess so that you will. I'm not saying it so that I'll be blessed. I'm saying it because I am blessed. So I'll say it again. I am blessed. To be cursed means that words have been spoken against you that have invoked spirits to cause your life to go in a negative direction. That's the definition of a curse. Are you understanding me? It means that words have been spoken that have invoked evil spirits or wrong spirits negative spirits to influence your life in a negative direction to be blessed means that words have been spoken over your life that has invoked angelic spirits to channel your life in a positive direction let me say this way again to be cursed means that they've sworn over you in a negative way to be blessed means that God has sworn over you. Are you understanding me? Are you listening to me? Say, I'm blessed. There's a language we use in Nigeria. They swear for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Eh. Don't say, eh, they swear for you. What did they swear for you? Say, money go, they come. <laughs> say, anything I do, go walk. Are you listening to me? I am blessed. I am not trying to be blessed. When I go to work in the morning, I'm not going to work so that God will bless me. No. It's because I'm blessed that I'm working. My definition of work is different from the definition of work. My definition of work is that because God has blessed me with an idea, God has blessed me with a talent, God has blessed me with a gift, I am going to contribute it. Are you understanding me? So when I'm not working, I'm saying I'm cursed. Amen. That's why I don't just do a job 
because I'm just looking for say hey, this year you will not just pass like that now. Let's find one business and do hey hey. Let's find one business and do. Let's find one business and do. Hey, okay, let me search you. Let me search you. Let me search you. Let me search you. Hey, hey, let me search you. They're selling shoe now. They're selling shoe. Okay, then start selling shoe. See, this is not doing as maybe maybe maybe. Okay, let me say uh, uh, attachment attachment. Hey, yes 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 yes. Uh, she needs attachment. Let me say attachment. That's not how we enter business in Christ Jesus. There is a system in Christ. Are you understanding me? No matter the pressure, listen up. Refuse to be pressured this year. Don't be pressured to marry. Don't be pressured to enter a business. Don't be pressured to get a job. Get a job because you want to get a job. Now, this is how we function. This is how we function. This year, I am blessed. Put up my Genesis 12.2 for me. Put up Genesis 12.2. I will soon be done. Let's read together. God was speaking to Abraham. And now, every word he spoke, when God was talking, he was seeing your head. Amen. Do your head like this. He was seeing your head. Amen. So understand that as he was speaking, he was seeing you. I will make of thee, what? A great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Amen. There are two sides to it. One side to it is that you are the, the church is the great nation. Amen. And the church is the blessed people. Amen. Now, but I want you to personalize it. Amen. Because the Bible says that if you then be Christ, Galatians 3.29, if you then be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed. Amen. And heirs according to the promise. Amen. What it means is that, hey, 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 when God was speaking, it was landing on your head. Amen. Where, 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 where do you live? Amen. It was, it was you who was talking to. Alright. So now, personalize Genesis 12 verse 2. I will make of Pastor T.B. Peters a great nation. Amen. A great nation. In a nation, there are states and there are departments and there are agencies. Are you understanding me? So, in this month of January, one of the departments will come out from me. Amen. Are you listening to me? In February, I will give birth to another one. Are you understanding me? But I am a great nation. I am a great nation. They said, and I will bless thee. And make your name great. Oh God. You don't know what he's talking about when he says, I'll make your name great. He's saying, hey, you will be a brand. Amen. You will be a brand. Are you understanding me? There is something about that your brand. They will see your logo. And, and are you understanding me? And it represents something of influence. Are you listening to me? I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Say, this is the destiny. This is the path for me. I shall be a blessing. So this year, function like this. Function like a great nation. Function like a blessed man. Function like a great name. Function like a blessing. Wake up in the morning. As you are stretching, say, Who am I going to bless today? 
thinking and talking like that. Don't wake up in the morning and say, where are they eating? You're not a rat. You wake up in the morning and say, who am I going to bless today? Amen. Lord, who am I going to bless today? Show me someone to bless today. In the name of Jesus. As I step out, let the people that will bless line up. Amen. Let our paths meet. Glory to God. You start thinking like that. Now let me tell you one secret. Blessing people does not start with giving them money. It starts by coming out and speaking words into their lives. Neighbor, you are blessed. Anytime you bless someone, you are giving. Amen. You are blessed. Amen. Thank you. You will have a great day today. So what happened? <laughs> I know some of you, you have been so... Your, 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 your attitude has been before this conference. Amen. Before this meeting. So when you say that, they will be surprised. Amen. But it's a good way to start. Hallelujah. I say it's a good way to start. I am a blessing. I say I'm a blessing. I say I'm a blessing. Glory to God. People will be happy that you remember them. Amen. Are we together? Glory to God. Lift your hand again as we close and say with me, I am a great nation. I am blessed. I am a great name. I am a blessing. Let's rise to our feet everyone. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of big.